Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's time to play! Full-time fantasy. Full-time fantasy. All right, it's Dr. Roto. Get out the insurance cards. Get out the copay. The office is open, my friends. I'll get to baseball in just a minute, but Adam Ronis, one of two teams has made the NBA Finals, and it's not the Portland Trailblazers. A moment of silence. And a little bit of love for the Warriors. Man, they look good. Yeah, I'm not surprised at all. I thought the Warriors would win and cover the spread last night. They didn't cover the spread. But I will say this. I know we're running out of games. But if you want to make money and you have access to live in-game betting, whenever Golden State is losing, (laughs) take the money line. So I think I told you this yesterday. Saturday night I was out and I was like, oh, it's plus 235. And I didn't do it. Last night I did. Uh, when they were down, I don't know, 12, I immediately went to the app, put it in, and said, yep, Golden State's going to win this game. Uh, I could see it coming and uh, was able to cash. So they were down at least 15 points in three straight games. They won all of them. So depending on when you got the money line, I did see someone got a, like plus a real good number last night, uh, probably when they were down like 15. Uh, but, yeah, look, Golden State is just a machine. They always come through with these runs. I never thought it was safe for Portland. I – Thought Portland played better yesterday. Isn't it true that Damian Lillard, though, has like a separated shoulder or something like that? A rib, they're saying. But a you rib. know what, okay. though? He played well yesterday. What, what, why wasn't what he did yesterday there in Game 3? I, I don't know, man. Sometimes, Dude, when, when Myers Leonard is your best player, though, there's a problem. Yeah, man. So, look, this is not a discredit to Golden State. They're a great team. Anyone who has followed this sport and watched them knows that. They won without Kevin Durant in the past. So it, what it does is it opens up more shots for Curry and Thompson because we know Thompson is a great shooter. He just doesn't need to do it as much and gets less shot opportunities when Durant's on the court. Draymond Green, I've said it for years, I think he's the key to this team. Oh, uh, he yeah. is uh, the heartbeat of this team. It, yes, Curry, Thompson, but Draymond it, it just stepped up in the playoffs on another level. His offensive game was not great in the regular season. He that three-pointer was pretty great at the end of that game. Right. Won it, sealed the deal. But you know what it is? It's his excitement. It's his passion. It's his defense. It's it's a little bit of every look. Curry is Curry and Clay is Clay. But I think the, ec- the, the secret ingredient, the X factor, is Draymond Green. Yeah, he's a power forward that is basically a point guard. You know, he'll get the rebound. He pushes it. He's pushed the tempo a lot in this series. His court vision is tremendous. The passes he makes for a power forward are just unbelievable. And he can defend every position. Uh, And I know people sometimes dislike him because of his constant complaining and arguing with the officials, which he didn't do in Game 3 and had his best game. And he even said afterwards, you know, I saw my son flopping and this and that, and I told him not to do it. So I think he's kind of woken up. It's taken too long. And I do think it's passion. And he just has that energy that he needs to channel in the correct fashion so you don't hurt your team and get a technical and risk suspension. So I don't think it's he's doing it 
maliciously or intently. I just think he gets into the moment, and he's so passionate that it kind of gets away from him. But that Golden State is just a, a machine, man. And there was, uh, there was something ridiculous, on, probably on Twitter, because it's always on social media if it's ridiculous, where like somebody was like, we're going to give Durant asterisks next to his name for the, the championships that he's won with the Warriors. And I, look, Durant is, is an amazing player, but I think the Warriors are showing they can win with Durant, they can win without Durant. Yeah, and I don't think it's a. I don't think it diminishes Durant. He's a great player. I think there's also a lot of people who were disgusted that you know he left the team in the Thunder that were actually close and had a three-one lead on Golden State, and then feel like oh he got an easy ring because he joined a great team. Uh, so you know a lot of people feel that way, but clearly Durant is one of the best players in the NBA. There's no question about it. Now we'll see if he's gonna play in the NBA Finals. You know, Golden State has been really quiet. On this injury? But isn't there like nine days after? They I don't mean, play till May 30th, a week from Thursday. Right. So I'm saying, so, so even if they, I think the Warriors, uh, sorry, the Bucks and Raptors finish Monday, if it goes seven, then it goes another three days after that, right? I was telling that to my son. So it's like, he's got plenty of time. Even if he misses game one, he should be back by game three, I would think. I don't know. I mean, what if this really is an Achilles and, and they kept it quiet? I, Why I would know. you say it was an Achilles if it was an Achilles? Why wouldn't you say it? Because you don't want your opponent. You want your opponent to think that he could be back any day. Now I they can't. So. They probably can get in trouble because you know get gambling, big trouble for gambling that. Yeah. being such a big thing. So, yeah. and I would think that someone would get the inside info and break it. Uh, calves are tricky. Uh, we know that for sure. But I guess you would think he's got to be back for the final, especially if, if it's, he was an Achilles. You he he'd be in you a know boot. right away. Too. Right away. Right. They have it's a big, test yeah. where they know right away. Right. So I would doubt it's that. So I, I would, I'm going to go with the calf. But look, it could be a grade two strain. And grade two is, you know, four to six weeks. You know, grade one is two to three weeks. So, I mean, it could be a month. But uh, look, it, it's definitely very exciting. I think the Blazers had a good run. I mean, I really thought they looked good. But I thought the Nuggets series took a lot out of them. It probably did, but I, they were just overmatched, and that was good. But I was really disgusted with the Blazers in this series, you know, that they didn't even win one game. And they were, game three disgusted me the most because I felt like they quit. I felt like they gave up. Well, Golden State got on that run, and they just mentally caved in. You know, that's a spot where a superstar like Damian Lillard has to take over. You know, you want to be regarded as a superstar. You see Golden State charging. you got to find a way to get a basket and stave off some of the momentum and, you know, I don't like killing Dame because we know how good he is. But, you know, this is where you're measured in the postseason. You know, this is the epitome of an elite team in Golden State. This is where you got to shine. It's great that you do this against Denver and Oklahoma City. That's great. But you want to be regarded as a superstar in this league. you got to come through against Golden State. And he didn't against in, in Game 3. And now I'm sure we're going to hear, oh, you had a bad rib, this and that. Uh, but you were on the court. Like, how, where, where are the excuses? Everyone's banged up. Kawhi Leonard was banged up the other night. What did he do? He went out and he led his team to victory. That is a superstar. Right. No, that is true. And I think what you said is very true. Charles Barkley, in my opinion, is one of the top 20 players of all time. Of all time. Arguably top 10. But we'll say top 20 for, for this discussion. But he's never won a ring, Ronas. And it, it's, it separates the men from the boys. And every time he and Shaq and Kenny Smith have an argument, Shaq goes, I got 17 rings. What do you have, Barkley? And Barkley has to shut up. And I think if you're a great player, you are expected to win championships. It is as simple as that. Yeah, I mean, to be on that elite level, maybe we use the term great too loosely at times. And the thing with the NBA is there's always these juggernaut teams. And if you come up during that era, 
You're not going to get a ring. And it's happened to a lot of people who played in the Jordan era. And now with this Golden State era, you know, Harden is probably the example. You know, if maybe he didn't run into Golden State, maybe he has a ring. But he has to face Golden State. Hasn't been Russell West, Russell Westbrook, too. Russell Westbrook is worthy. I mean, pretty darn good player. How do you feel Oklahoma City feels when they know at one time they had Harden, Westbrook, Durant, and Ibaka? I know. <laughs> can, can you believe like, how that? How did you not win? I know. That's crazy to think that. It's really crazy to think that. All right. So looking forward to another game four tonight in Toronto. Should be an exciting match. And uh, I think uh, Kawhi was playing uh, Giannis, and that's what people wanted to see. But if there's anybody, it looks like they've been getting a little bit more physical with Giannis. The referee's got to give him a call here and there. Yeah, I mean, it concerned me that Toronto needed double overtime to win a game where Giannis said 12. Uh, so I'm leaning towards Milwaukee tonight, uh, especially if Kawhi's not healthy. They just haven't gotten enough. So uh, I think Milwaukee, too, knows, like, all right, we need to try and close this out in five so we can rest because we know Golden State's getting a ton of rest. All right, let's take a quick look at football here. I don't know. We didn't talk about this yesterday. We should have. Uh, the Buccaneers cut Gerald McCoy after nine years. They saved $13 million. This guy, for better or worse, was the heart and soul of the Tampa Bay Buccaneer defense for all these years. And I know there's been a lot of talk that he may end up in Cleveland. Are you surprised that the Buccaneers cut McCoy? A little bit, yeah. I mean, this defense looks like it's going to be pretty terrible. But again, for fantasy, that's great for us, right? Because we know Arians is there and Winston going to push the ball down the field. So... Uh, I think from a fantasy uh, point of view, we want these teams to, uh, that have especially good offenses to have bad defenses so there can be shootouts and they can pile up the fantasy stats. So uh, that's probably what we're looking at, I think, at Tampa Bay. Their pass rush is terrible right now. If I read you their, their front seven, you'd be like, you'd, you'd be horrified. And it's amazing. Joaquin Nunez, Roches, Vita Vey, and William Goldston's their line. That's terrible. Yeah, and then Pierre Paul is hurt. So Pierre Paul and Nassib played well. I mean, you do have White and Levante David and Shaquille Barrett. I mean, those are fast guys. But they better be fast because they're going to blow by the, the uh, defensive line in about two seconds. Yeah, it's going to be pretty bad uh, on the defensive side for them. But, again, that's uh, good for the offensive side. We want to see these shootouts and uh, a lot of appealing players here for Tampa Bay uh, on the offensive side. Now, they did say that Sue may, they are looking at Sue, but Sue is a shell of himself, dude. He was, I don't, I don't want to say the word terrible, but I would say he was below average for the Rams. Right. He more, more name, more name than game. Yes. You thought he would have a bigger impact, and there were games where you just didn't even notice him. Right. I mean, how could you ever say that about Sue? So I don't know. There's another big injury. I don't know if you saw this for our beloved Redskins. We love to hate them. Uh, Ruben Foster, done for the year. That's a big loss right there. Yeah, it definitely is. You know, they they have some interesting names on the defensive side. You know, they've kind of been fortunate with the draft. It's kind of worked out for them, and uh, yeah, that is a, a big loss for them. They have, I, I don't know how well you're familiar with Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne. Yeah. Both really good. They picked up Sweat, Mason Foster. I think there's a very sneaky defense right here. This is one of those fantasy defenses that I might take in, you know, like round 20, and I could get lucky here. Yeah, for sure. Uh, they definitely have a lot of talent on the defensive side. Like the draft has worked out for them the last couple of years when you're like, oh, I can't believe this guy fell to them. Oh, I can't believe they got this guy. That's the way I felt watching their draft. I'm like, all these guys have fallen to them uh, for sure. They have uh, uh, some real good talent on the defensive side if it can mesh. All right, Buffalo's got a couple of injuries here. Tyler Croft, their starting tight end, who came over from the Bengals, has a broken foot. And Cole Beasley, a little core muscle surgery uh, in the offseason there. So 
I, you know, if we're going to see injuries, let it be now. But would that distract you in any way from drafting? I mean, not these injuries, but the fact that people might say, well, I don't want to draft now because of all the injuries that could happen. Does that dissuade you from drafting early? No, I mean, look, we, we're we going to play in a lot of leagues, and obviously we're going to do a lot of uh, fantasy football world championship drafts, uh, probably ranging from July, mostly July and August, I think we do most of our drafts. We'll do some, I know I do some best balls now and in June, and, you know, you can get advantage drafting early. We've talked about this numerous times for every sport. You know, I don't feel like I'm ready now. I still have to dig in and do research, but when you – are high on a player now before games are played and it's talked about much, you can get them at a value. All of a sudden, training camp reports come out. This guy looks great. He's catching everything. This running back looks good. He's going to move up the depth chart. Then the preseason comes, and they have one big play. We've seen it. Amir Abdullah years ago, he had one big play. Where did he go? Shot up the draft board. So even we took Christian McCaffrey last year. He was going mid-late second round early in, the, in drafts, and then all of a sudden, he's in the first round by the time we get to the end of August. So you can get tremendous value now. Yes, there's going to be risk with injuries too, uh, but injuries can happen. You can have your draft on August 30th, and you think, okay, that's good, and then that weekend, a player could get hurt. So, well, look, it happens during the year with Deshaun Watson. I mean, how yeah. good was that guy a couple of years ago? So you, you never can tell, I mean, but every time I see Darius Geis, every time I see his name pop up somewhere, I always go to myself, wow. That's what happens when you draft too early. So there's always like a sweet spot where you want to draft early to get value. But I don't like to be too early, Adam, because too early, I, I feel like, I don't know, maybe I, players, it hasn't set yet. It's like a cake that isn't fully set, if that makes any sense. Yeah, you know, and I think it also depends, too, on how much money are you putting in these leagues as well. Right. You know, how many leagues are you playing in? You know, best ball. 10 bucks, 35 bucks, okay, you know, not a big deal. You do a couple, get you in the groove. If you're talking uh, a main event for seventeen ninety-five. yeah, you probably want to wait unless you are, are planning to be in 10, you know, and you spread it out. So I think it depends on how many drafts you do, how much cash are you investing in it, uh, and then go about that way. But, again, I don't mind doing a, a draft or two early. Uh, a lot of the industry drafts we do are kind of early. Um, I'll be in the FSGA draft. That's late June, but there's nothing on the line there. You know me. I'm still going to take it seriously, but it's more of a kind of getting a feel for where players are going. So I have to give you credit, Ronas. I've turned down that league many times. Do you know why? I don't do B leagues. Yeah, Dr. You know Roto what? does not do B leagues. I mean, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be in the B league either. I think I've proven I know. myself enough over the years, but whatever. I mean, it's in here in New York. I'll be there. I'll just go do it. No, no, I'm glad, I'm glad you're in it, and I have full confidence that you're going to win it. But I'm like, when I asked to be in the league, like, oh yeah, you could be in the B league. I'm like, you got to be kidding me, right? You know, I, have you seen? Because I remember I did the draft with uh, the king and, and the guru. Do you know who was in some, the A league? Some dudes that didn't know anything about football. Seriously, people I'd never heard of in my life were in the A league. Yeah, you know how it is. Sometimes it's a little political, right? So, It is. That's why I hate politics. All right, so uh, let me ask you about Carson Wentz here. Uh, there's no limitations for Wentz in OTAs. Is he a guy that you think you can win a league with? You feel comfortable drafting him as your QB1? Uh, if, yeah, if he's healthy. I mean, they got a lot of weapons on this team. Uh, and I know the injuries were there last year, but... 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he's going to be my target quarterback. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm not taking a quarterback early. I know a lot of people say it every year, and then we get in these drafts, and it's seventh, eighth round, and there's some good quarterbacks sitting out there. But, you know, especially in the Fantasy Football World Championship, it just doesn't pay to do it. You know Aaron Rodgers is going to be there around seven, though, Ronis. He he should be, yeah. But do you really need to when you can get, you know, uh, Carson Carson Wentz Wentz and Matt Ryan a couple rounds later? Yeah, like – I mean, you were on Mahomes last year. That was the perfect guy. And you got him as your QB, too. Like, that's what you need to do is you need to find that guy. Right. And when you find that guy, you're going to win. So it's uh, right. It's interesting. So, all right. When we come back, we turn our attention to fantasy baseball. There's some injuries. Guys who are very major players are still out injured. We'll talk about when they return, when we return right after this. Made Sailors is the leading cleaning service in New York City and Boston. We service homes, offices, corporate apartments, and Airbnb turnarounds. Give us a call or a text at 212-299-5170 to book now. That's 212-299-5170. Use the promo code FNTSY for 15% off your first cleaning. For more information, go to MadeSailors.com. That's MadeSailors.com. What's your IRS problem? Do you owe back taxes? Is there a lien placed on your property? Have your bank accounts been frozen or seized? Have your wages been garnished? Are you being audited by the IRS? Are they sending you letters that demand actions and have urgent due dates? Well, solving your tax problems is as easy as calling Taxes 321. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. You need the best representation to give you peace of mind. You need experienced professionals that can cut through the red tape and stop the collection process. If you have a serious problem with the IRS, call the Taxes 321 Network today. We'll get them off your back. 800-961-3631 Game Time Decisions Hey, you know what's crazy, actually? A guy last night from Scarborough was watching a Raptor game with he was talking about like marriage and about how he just got divorced. Sometimes, hard to find a single partner. Diamond in the rough. Says something in the air. Divorce. Like, yeah, so I don't know. Sounds like maybe we should, like, we have timeshare. Like, uh, we should have, like, a divorce sort of thing. Excellent point. Hey, you want to get out of your timeshare ad? We've got that guy. That ad's the best. Thanks, Dad. Weekdays, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. Only on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. California. All right, we're back. We're full-time fantasy. Check us out at fulltimefantasy.com, and uh, you'll see my stuff there and Adam Ronis's stuff there and Sean Child's stuff there. We were just debating, you know, before we get to baseball, I don't know, Adam. I know best ball is the wave of the future, but I'm just, I just don't feel as confident in a best ball league as I do in a regular waivers league. Regular waivers league, you take, you take your life in your own hands if you're in, my, in a league with me. But in best ball, I think it's, you know, like you said, a lot of luck. Yeah, and, you know, it's becoming popular because we love to draft. You know, if it was up to us, we would draft, I think, every day until football started. Right. Right. But the thing is, then you go, oh, now I have 60 teams to manage in season to do waivers. (laughs) Tuesday and Wednesday nights, hell, I might as well just not do anything all day. 
So that's the reason why best ball becoming more popular because the draft is one of the most exciting days of the season. So with best ball, you draft, and that's it. You don't have to set your line. For those that are not familiar with best ball, basically what you do, and we have them on playffwc.com, you just draft your team, and that's it. The computer automatically takes your best lineup each week. So the positive is you can but do you need a to have multiple players. You need to have like three or four quarterbacks. You just can't right. have two, right? Yeah, every so I know most of ours are twenty-four rounds. So I would typically draft three quarterbacks, twenty-four rounds. I would probably do two to three defenses. Usually, I think I'm more two. I do. Two, I do two defenses, do two. two kickers, right? Maybe three to four tight ends and three to four quarterbacks, and then like right. seven and, running backs and receivers. And depending on the flow of the draft, you might deviate. You might go, wow, this quarterback's still here. All right, fine, I'll take a fourth. They score a lot of points, whatever. I mean, again, there's no hard rule like everything. you got to be flexible. But in general, I would say I do two defenses, two kickers, two to three tight ends, probably three tight ends. They get hurt a lot, and then three quarterbacks. But there is luck involved. I mean, what if, if two of your quarterbacks get hurt, and so, then you get the bye well, week— well, this league that we're talking about is a two, is a super flex league, I think. Yeah, two. No, it's a two quarterback league. Right. So you better get four quarterbacks. I don't think there will be there won't be four quarterbacks to be gotten. Yeah, I did one last year where I think I had Baker Mayfield as my third quarterback because obviously he wasn't a starter going into the year. That's what I did at Scott Fishbowl. Right. Yeah, because we knew okay he's probably going to start at some point. So that's the thing, but. And the key to that is doing those drafts early. You can do that in June or July. I think as the season goes along and people start to be up on things and see things a little bit more clear, I think the price gets pushed up. But I think it's hard. I'll for tell people. you this: in a twelve-team league with two quarterbacks that you're starting, I would think by round five, if you don't have two quarterbacks, you're in big trouble. It could be over for you. It could be. I mean, I've been doing the flex league the last few years in the super flex, and. I think last year I had two quarterbacks by round five or six. You have to. You have to. I mean, yeah. literally, it's over. But, but I, I have. I, I often I, take I, a quarterback in round one. In the I haven't like though, and I've done well. I think I was the one seed last year, lost in the semifinals, uh, just because a lot of my studs did not do well in that semifinal week. Remember, last year was a crazy playoffs. Remember, there was a lot of duds in the first and second round. Yeah, and then the there was Derrick Henry who put up eighty-seven points on most people's bench. Yeah. Yeah, no, but a couple of guys really won you the league. But I'm just saying, in those type of super, you know super flex leagues or two quarterback leagues, I would think by the end of round three, every team has one quarterback for sure. Usually, yeah, I think there'll be one team that doesn't that says they're at a point in the draft where they go, oh, "I'm reaching on this quarterback. Do I really want him?" And it really depends on where you are in the draft because if you're picking on the ends. Uh, I mean, I seen it last year in that Superflex League. Someone really waited on quarterbacks, and they got like four, but they got four scrub quarterbacks like Flacco and all these guys that sucked, and that can ruin your team. So that that is for the, sure. That is for a sure. Boom, that's the boomer bust strategy because if you say you waited and you got Baker Mayfield and, uh, but all you need is but in this league you need two. It's not just one. So right. Best ball. Yeah. If I just have Baker Mayfield, I could surround him with Flacco and and Dak Prescott, right? And get but a not couple a, good week. Yeah, yeah, get a good get lucky here or there. But I can't do that in a two quarterback league. I can't. Yeah, and that's what makes the strategy interesting because we all know it and we all do it. We wait on our quarterback. It makes sense if you have to start one with the depth at quarterback this year. And the numbers they put up, why would you take one early? And there will always be someone because, like you said, you're sitting there around five, six, seven. You're like, oh, my God, Aaron Rodgers still here? I can't pass up this value. I know what he's going to do. And you take him. 
So in a two-quarterback league where you have to start two, uh, you got to be a l- more aggressive for sure. Otherwise, you're going to be stuck with the crap Daniel, With Daniel Jones. Which maybe works out. Yeah, I was going to say. Nah, just, if I take Eli, dude, I mean, that's what you do. You have to take backups in this league. See, that's, a, that's probably a very good strategy, which I employ in these leagues, where I will take Eli Manning, but then I'll get Jones, right? And I'll take, you know, I'll just look for the backup that way. Because if I can't get another guy, I have to take my own team's backups. Yeah, probably for one though, because I don't know. I don't know if you want to take two backups of two different two of your. No, top but two at least one spot I will. So if I go, let's say Dak, Matt Ryan, and Eli, I would add Daniel Jones. If you have Dak, Matt Ryan, and Eli, I think you're I'm in pretty good shape. No, why would you lose? Absolutely, you, Dak and, and then, Ryan as your top two quarterbacks. I like that. You like that as a start? Yeah, I mean, oh, the first two rounds. No, 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 no. no. But you like that in general. Yeah, because it means you're probably going to wait on the court. It means, my guess is, I don't know, would they go around two and three? Probably three and four. I think they're going around three and four, right. Right. So So I I better have two guys there, right. That means you start with probably a running back receiver, and then you get two solid quarterbacks where other people are are spending first-round picks, second-round picks, and quarterbacks. I could definitely take Patrick Mahomes one overall and like that. Yeah, even with Tyreek Hill's questionable status? Doesn't bother me. Patrick really? Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. He's that good. I don't but know. But Tyreek Hill helped him out so much, though. He it just helps the whole offense, man. You man. have to worry about that guy deep. The safety's got to play back. They already know they're going to get beat by pure speed. It's in your head. He just does so much. Then you have to. Worry but that's about why Mecole. That's why Mecole Hardman was maybe one of the greatest draft picks in the history of the NFL draft because you're trying to. You're basically putting Hill in, in another person's body. Now I know he's not as good a player as Hill, but he plays like Hill. Yes, he's the bootleg version of Hill. <laughs> maybe he. And we have to obviously see him on an NFL field first, but we obviously have to forecast ahead. But man, Tyreek Hill is just such a dynamic player and. If he's out, man, I think it hurts. What that if offense. he's not out? If he's not, that, that's one of the reasons to draft today. Because if that guy's going around eight and he's not out, you got a first round pick in round eight. Yeah, as long as you don't screw up the rest of your draft, bro, you should be good. Yeah. Imagine you, he plays and you get him, and because that's where he went, I think, in a couple of recent. Drafts, I know. Right? So I'm round. saying, look, I, I promise you this: if it's round five and Tyree kills there, I'm taking him. In I was every just going to ask. I was just going to ask you. That's where you take the shot. Absolutely. The Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. you know what, though? Because if you look at it... Because I already have two receivers at that point. And a lot of picks in round five bust anyway. I mean, right. that's the area where you start to go... You look back and you go, I took this... Don't you like doing that? Going back at the end of the year, or even midway through the year, go back and look at your drafts and go, what? I took this guy in round five? What was I thinking? <laughs> now, of course, it's always easy when we have the answers, right? Right, right. No, it's true. I do that a lot. Actually, I do that mid-year. I'll be like... Me too, yeah. Why did I do that? Why did I do that? I'll if I just took this guy right seven. here, I win. I know. Yeah. If I take this guy, I win this league. But And then one league, I remember the, the league that I was winning, the one, one, uh, second overall, where I'm sitting there going, I didn't even like my draft at the time. But all of a sudden, it just got better and better as the year went on. I didn't even like it when I drafted the team. I think that happens. You know, usually if you come out of your draft, you're like, I love my team. I don't know if it always works out. And then so a lot of times you're like, eh, it's okay. And then it winds up doing good. I, I tend to do that. I, I never come out of draft saying, I love my team. And I'm just like, yeah, it's pretty good. And then as the season goes along, you go, okay, yeah, that, that worked out pretty good. I can 90% say whether a team has a chance to win or not from looking at the, bo- the bones of the team. 
Well, you just said you didn't love your team. No, no, I know. No, well. but I can, so what, but what I can, your... I can look at the bones of the team. Right? Okay, you know so what, what was your feeling after the draft with that team? It was, um, I t- that was the league. I think I took Tra- Zach Ertz and Travis Kelsey in the first seven rounds. I took two, okay. two tight ends. Which and is I'm something like, you typically don't do. No, right. And I was like, this is a really ballsy move. And then I took three running backs, right, and two tight ends in the first seven rounds. Larry Fitzgerald was my first receiver. And then I picked up Sterling Shepard later. I had a little luck happen, right? This was two years ago. But I'm just saying, like, I, I didn't like the concept, but, if it, but it, I, didn't, I would look at the bones of the team and say, I like the players. I just don't know whether I like the construction. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, that, that definitely makes sense. Because I can look at a team when a team after a draft is over and go, this construction's bad. Hard chance to win. Right. When we judge teams, you say that. You're like, look at what this team did. Yeah, I don't think they can do that. I don't right. think they can win with this. Right. And, and I always say I'm not always right, but I would say most of the time I'm right because I can see they just don't have a – you know, the quarterback is iffy. The res, they, they don't have a third receiver, and that second running back is bad. It's over. Right at that point, I don't, I don't even read it anymore. I know it's over. Yeah. The thing is, though, there is a wave of wire. So if the owner – and we know this. There are some people that are wizards on the wave of wire. Others can't. Like, you could ask a person, and they'll say, I'm a great drafter, but I'm terrible at wave of wires. Or right. the opposite. Uh, obviously, you want to be good at both. Right. <laughs> obviously, you better be good at both if you want to be my rich friend. For sure. Yeah. And some people, they'll admit it. They were like, I, I just I can't figure waivers out. I can't figure fab out. There are some people like that. They just that They're not good at it. I just think if you're not good at waivers, whether it's fantasy baseball or fantasy football or whatever fantasy sport, I, I don't know if I accept that. There's so much information out there. Come to our site. Come to Full-Time Fantasy. You have waiver stuff. I have waiver stuff during the football season. You have it now. Sean Childs has it now. There's enough information out there that you can make good, good bids. For sure. And, you know, I think it also comes with experience. You, know, you kind of get a feel for the wave of wire and especially fab because I, I think fab is the most difficult thing to teach to people in fantasy because we've done this before like one league the player i saw brandon Rod- brendan rogers in one of my leagues went for 105 wow. i didn't have the money i only had four something left and i'm like 105 now he's not in the lineup again today so that's the reason why he was a little bit lower but i would have absolutely i would have paid more i would have so paid why yeah, if i yeah. knew he was 105 i'd go one in a heartbeat i'll right. take the shot it might not right. work out but 108 is a big difference paying 280 but that's the point so in that league rogers went 105 you go to another league he went for 248 so you know we could tell someone yeah you're going to need to spend about 228 so we tell that guy yeah 228 he spends 228 he wins him he's happy he looks at the runner bin sees 106 like what? You just well, don't see, know. I remember a couple right. years ago with me and you. We Keenan both, Allen. Keenan Allen. You right. got him for like nothing. 30 bucks. Right? My, my <laughs> bid was way higher, and I lost. And I'm like, what? <laughs> that's where there's an element right. of luck that comes into play that it's right. hard to predict fab. And that's why, you know, inherently, I've always had a problem with the way we, we have these leagues, these high uh, um, high stakes leagues. It's not that I don't love them and not that I don't play in them, but that your league, Keenan Allen, was 350 bucks and minus 30. It's just about the players in our league. It's just not, it's just not equitable. There's, right. right? The, the problem is, though, how do you rectify that? There's really, I mean, I don't think there's a solution. Do you have one? Like, what, what do we do? No, I, I mean, unless that it's, I guess here's a solution. Maybe there's no overall prize. Maybe each league's prize is higher because I have a better chance of winning the overall than you do when I get Keenan Allen for 30 bucks. Because if you remember, I think I was top 10 in the Roto Bowl that year. Overall, there's no way I wasn't going to be when I was getting guys like that. 
Yeah, I remember I had a good year too. I think it was me, you, and a couple other people, and I think we had the the best showing. Uh, not a yeah, surprise. we did great. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but, but you but, know what I'm saying like how could? But when the we're problem overall, and I'm getting cheap guys like that. It's hard to beat me overall. But you know that a big drawing and allure is that overall price. I know. I know. It's true. You know, a lot of people play just for that. They don't even worry about their league. I mean, you, you hear some of the discussions. People don't even worry about winning their league. They're going for the overall. I would much rather dominate. That's why I love our leagues. That's why I love the Fantasy Football World Championship. I love the Dominator. You get that 10K? How happy are you, dude? You have to be. I mean, look, everyone wants to win six figures. We all would love to. But if you can win 10K playing fantasy football, well, I'll take Boom. it. Right. I mean, I would much rather do 10 leagues and try to win 10K in each league. That's easier than me winning the overall. Because winning the overall, look, I've been there, right? I was number one overall going into the last week, and my team turned into, to, gave me a doo-doo performance. What are you going to do? Yeah, it's very difficult, man. It, it really is, to, you know, to be number one in the entire field. You need a lot of things to go your way. You need a lot of things, uh, breaks. You need the right matchups. You need the teams around you that you're battling for some things not to work out for them. So, yeah, a lot needs to go right in order to win it. There's absolute skill involved, but there's definitely an element of luck that you need. How about not playing Derrick Henry? How about guys who had Derrick Henry on their bench last year? I would say if out of 100% of people, right, would you argue 70% probably had Henry on their bench? I know I did. And I cannot blame them one bit. I don't blame you. It, like, <laughs> I know you sit there and you're like, I can't believe it, but it was the right call, right? Of course it was time. the right call. Guy yeah. didn't do anything for weeks. That's that's how you have to look at it, man. But, yeah, a lot of people had him on the bench that week. I mean, I remember asking in so many tweets, he was on my bench, he was on my bench. And, you know, I can't blame people. And, here's see, that's where the element of luck comes in. So the people who played Derrick Henry were forced to. They said, right. oh, my goodness, I don't have any good options. Do I really got to play Derrick Henry in a playoff? I think, ah. I guess I do. You know it. They were sitting right. there going, I can't believe I have to play 62 points later, league. you're right. winning. Right. <laughs> right. So that's where the element of luck comes in. Unless someone shows, shows me beforehand that they wrote, this is the week. And, they get, and I don't even know what their rationale was or explanation. But if you show me that beforehand or you have audio of you saying it, I'll give you credit. Otherwise, you, you got lucky. And it's happened to all of us. We sit there and we go, oh, I have no pitchers. I got to pitch this guy in cores. And he goes Adam, out there I, and I, well. love, I love Henry. I loved him. I told people to take him in the third and fourth round. But when the guy did nothing all year, did you just expect that he was going to turn it on in week 14? Wasn't it a tough matchup? Who did they face that week, too? Wasn't it a pretty good defense? Yeah, it was a good defense, too. Yeah, so it ha you know, it happens like that's that's right there. Maybe you, you need that element of luck and people who had Henry in their lives. Because Deion Lewis was was doing very was doing great. Yes, I'm looking here. He was. It was Jacksonville, Jacksonville Jaguars, the best defense from the year before. 17 carries, 238 yards, four touchdowns. Comes back against the Giants, 33 carries, 170 yards, and two touchdowns. This guy literally single handedly won you a league. Yeah, and Jacksonville's defense wasn't what it was, but I think going into that week, I think they still had decent numbers against the run, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, absolutely. Telvin Smith was still there. He still had passion to play. Maybe he didn't. But, I mean, you would never have just played against Jacksonville. Yeah, no. For, and, and the two weeks before, the nothing. week before, 10 for 40 against the Jets with a touchdown. 10 for 40. And then against Houston, he was 8 for 30. So, really, that, there, was no, there was nothing there that told you he was going to do that. 
right. You were basically looking at 10 touches. He never caught the football. Do you really want to play a guy for, for 10 touches in a critical week? No. <laughs> right, right. In week 14. Good luck with that. It happens, man. But, you know, uh, the people who did have him in advance, uh, I'm pretty sure they had him in the lineup the next week. And then week 16, he went 21 for 84 and a touchdown. So, so the last three weeks, I, I can't even do the math in my head. It's like over 500, over 500, 500 yards and seven touchdowns. He got most of his uh, yards for the season in like that three-week span. <laughs> that is insane, dude. That is literally insane. That definitely was. All right, super quick. Uh, Lashiel Puig, not in Tuesday's lineup. George Springer out again Tuesday. Are we worried about either of them? Well, I benched Puig this week. I have him in Tout Wars. It's a five-game week, so I had a feeling he wasn't going to play this week. And obviously, uh, I mean, play today, and then they were off Thursday. So I said, do I want to play this guy on a, at most a four-game week? So uh, I, I put him on the bench. Uh, a little bit worried about it. It didn't look great from the video. I know Puig said he'll be fine, and he might even take a shot. But uh, hopefully you guys did bench him in a weekly league. Yeah, I mean, we saw Reddick bat first, by the way, for the uh, Ash. We remember we were doing the show. And Marissa Marissa Comer. Comer, right. I didn't play yesterday, but uh, I wish I did. I wish I did. I would have had the uh, Ranger stack we talked about. Yeah, Struble Cabrera hit two home runs. Uh, Odor. Odor. Finally. I used Odor. I just, but I just did one lineup, uh, and I had Acuna, too, with two home runs. Dude, so you my rich friend today? No, it was just, uh, it was for fun, actually. It was a. Uh, at Peacock and Weaver. So I had a good night. Odor, Rendon, Acuna. Adam Ronas, you could have been my rich friend with that lineup. That nah, was good, but not good enough. I mean, That's it was true. only... Never it was, yeah, it was 159 on DK. All right, we'll talk about the night slate right after this. If you've heard of WeatherTech floor liners, you probably know that for your vehicle's floor... Nothing protects better. But what about protection for the rest of your car or truck? I'm David McNeil, founder of WeatherTech. Besides our floor liners, we design, engineer, and manufacture a wide range of automotive accessories right here in America. And just like our floor liners, everything is done to the highest standards possible. We understand what kind of investment owning a vehicle can be, so we do everything possible to help you protect it. We don't make shortcuts, and we never make concessions when it comes to quality. For everything from cargo liners to cleaning and detailing supplies to mud flaps and car covers, the one place you need to go is WeatherTech.com. So if you are familiar with our floor liners, just imagine how well the rest of our products will work for you. Learn more about our full line of automotive accessories at WeatherTech.com or call 1-800-CARMATS. WeatherTech.com. Proudly made in America. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. Rainness! Make it rain. But in true Kupka fashion, guys, it was, he looks the same whether he's shooting 85 or he's shooting 63. Like, not, the guy's temperament is amazing that he doesn't seem to falter. Now, guys like Tiger in the past, very emotional guys, you know, that's not who this guy is. This guy seems to be one of the most even-tempered people. He might be blown up inside. I, I doubt it. 
weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. All right, we're back. Hey, guys, the Warriors swept the Blazers last night, becoming the first team to reach five straight NBA finals since Bill Russell's Celtics 53 years ago. Do you have your NBA futures bet in? Go to pointsbet.com backslash grid and open up a PointsBet sports wagering account. And enter the promo code GRID, that's G-R-I-D, and you'll get two risk-free bets up to $1,000. In addition to traditional betting, PointsBet also offers its own betting concept, where customers are rewarded by how much they win their bet. For example, if you bet the Giants minus three and they cover the spread by seven points, you receive seven times your stake. That's pointbets.com backslash grid. Enter the promo code GRID and get your two risk-free bets up to $1,000 today. All right, Adam, let's take a look at tonight's slate and let's try to make people rich. Colorado at Pittsburgh, Herman Marquez against Chris Archer. It's only a seven and a half runs. Colorado's a favorite there. Do you like this game at all? Yeah, I like Marquez. Uh, he's not lived up to expectations this year, but the last start was against Boston. This is a road start against Pittsburgh. They're not great against right-handed pitching. Uh, I think Marquez will... I don't know. Will he be highly? I don't. I don't know if he'll be highly known tonight. Uh, but I like Marquez. I think he's going to be one of my pitchers tonight on DK. All right, the Yankees against Baltimore. The Yankees huge favorites at minus two seventy. The over unders nine and a half. Domingo Herman against David Hess. I mean, how do you not start Domingo Herman? Yeah, I mean, he's definitely in play for sure. Uh, I know Baltimore's given the Yankees some issues. They actually had the lead yesterday. Jay Happ was terrible once again. He's been really prone to the home runs, but yeah. Domingo Herman has been excellent this year and uh, should be in a good position to get a win. Now, if I start Domingo Herman or Herman Marquez, can I just start Herman Marquez? Dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Philadelphia against Chicago. Zach Eflin against Jose Quintana. Uh, Chicago is a favorite seven run total, very low run total in this one, Ronis. Yeah, I don't think I'm going with either pitcher here. I mean, Quintana, I guess, I mean, the Phillies are tough, um, and they have a lot of right-handed bats, so... Uh, Quintana's are sometimes very good and sometimes very eh. Yeah, I don't love him on this slate. I mean, if you told me you want to use him in tournament, I wouldn't say it's crazy, but uh, I, I don't, I'm not using him tonight. All right, Boston against the, the Blue Jays, Eduardo Rodriguez against Marcus Stroman. I like Rodriguez, but not as much on the road. Boston's a favorite, minus 160, over under 8.5. Yeah, I, I like Rodriguez. I think he's, a, and for season-long leagues, is an absolute buy low. Um, I'm debating whether I'm using him tonight. He's definitely in consideration. Uh, I'm not scared of this Toronto lineup. I know they didn't have Vladimir Guerrero Jr. in there yesterday. He'll be back, I would think, in the lineup tonight, but... Uh, I do think Rodriguez is in play. Uh, Toronto doesn't scare me. Uh, the strikeouts have been there. He's got the highest swing strike percentage of his career. He's had a high batting average of balls in play. He's really had some bad luck. I mean, that last start, he was at six innings, two earned runs. Three runners get on to begin the seventh, and all of them come around, and he goes six innings, five earned runs, and the start looks less. But he's been racking up the strikeouts, and I think he can get him here. So uh, I am considering Rodriguez as a SP2 on DK tonight. Washington at the Mets, Eric Fetty against Zach Wheeler. The Mets are favored, minus 145s, over and under 7. We talked about Wheeler that expect better things, but I don't like playing Wheeler against the Nationals unless you convince me otherwise. 
he, the Nationals have beaten him up. If you take away his I know. stats from the Nationals, he's having a great year. So, um, yeah, I'm probably not using him tonight in DFS. Or, or is this one where you go to Wheeler, Adam, because people think that they've beaten him up, and maybe this is a night that he overcomes yeah, no, it's certainly possible. I think a lot of people are going to point out those numbers and they're going to be like, oh, the, they beat him up. And he's better than what he's shown for I sure. Know. I mean, all the underlying numbers are good. The strikeouts are there. Velocity's up. Not a lot of hard contact. Do so, me a favor. Put one team in with Wheeler tonight because I'm going to do the same. Just because people won't play him. He'll be low on because of it. You know what? I think, I think you're right. There's a lot of actually good options on this slate. So I do. let me see. What is Wheeler on DK? He is 9,000. Mm, too high. Affleck, one and less. Well, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, six pitchers or more than him on DK. All right, I got a guy. Don't I got a guy for you coming up that I want to play, and you'll let me know how much he is. Clayton Kershaw against Jalen Beeks is the primary here. I love Jalen Beeks. He's been really good, but I don't know if I want him against the Dodgers tonight, Adam. Yeah, I don't want him against the Dodgers. Although the Dodgers are weaker against left-handed pitching, and obviously they're going to employ platoons. But this is a tough Dodgers team. Now the game is in Tampa. That helps a little bit, but I, yeah, I can't go with him tonight, man. He's just too risky, you know. And too you might risky. only go now. Okay, so the last game oh, was against Miami. And can you go Kershaw tonight too when you're going into an AL park with a DH? I don't know if I like that either. You can. He's been really good. I'm not. He's 98 on DK. He's been very good. I mean, but 20, 13, 15, and that's been with wins. The K's are not elite. Um, yeah. I, I'm probably not doing it tonight. I'm not going Kershaw. All right, I got a guy for you, Ronis. Miami's against Detroit. Caleb Smith against Spencer Turnbull. How much is Spencer Turnbull? Uh, he is cheap. Uh, he is 7,800. That might be my guy because the Marlins are terrible against righties and Turnbull's a strikeout righty pitcher. Uh, there's a lot of... Uh, I mean, look, if you're looking to save... Sure. I'm looking to save. I'm looking to Caleb save. Caleb Smith, though, I think is going to shut Detroit down. I know. If there's anybody against so what see, do you that's want, my what only you, problem. Are you, are you happy with 15 from Turnbull? Yeah. yeah. My second guy? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I think he can get you that. Yeah. If, if, I, can, I, I, yeah, yeah, if, I, if I can get some good bats in there. But, I, I mean, mean if, if, at he, least, if he wasn't least, going against Caleb Smith, I, would, I think he could have gotten me 20. Yes, at least six strikeouts in three straight outings. Uh, and again, this is a, a really good matchup here. We know the Marlins are terrible, even against the Mets, and they won those games. They barely scored. So, yeah, Turnbull's a guy that, uh, if you're looking to save money uh, as your second pitcher on DK, yeah, I think he's in play. All right, Cincinnati against Milwaukee. Sonny Gray against Gio Gonzalez. Uh, it's a 145, nine is the over under. Do you like Sonny Gray on the road in Milwaukee? Uh, He's a ground ball pitcher, so that helps. I just don't know if he's going to go deep into the game. And, you know, some of these left-handed power bats scare me. He's not giving up many home runs, and he's pitched better than the numbers indicate. But uh, I won't be using him here tonight. I am using him in seasonal leagues. a little scared, but uh, I'm hoping I can get five to six decent innings out of him where he doesn't blow up. Now, the Reds have Senzel, Suarez, Irvin, Iglesias, Farmer. They're loading up righties against Gio. I'm not. I know Gio's been great so far, but uh, I'm I'm not pitching him. I, I feel like he is kind of due for a blow up at some point. Uh, he's faced the Mets twice, who he dominates. Uh, I'm not. I'm not using Gio tonight. 
All right, a stack that I think I might fall in love with tonight, Ronis. Seattle against Texas. Tommy Malone against Lance Lynn. Texas, a minor favorite at 130. 11.5 is the total. How about a little Ranger stack against Malone? I got to think it's one of the more popular stacks tonight. It's got to right? uh, yeah. be, right? Mm-hmm. So I want to get some so, money there. And I might even stack some, some, some Mariners against Lance Lynn, who's not that good. Yeah, the only yeah the Mariners have been slumping, so that might actually keep people away from them. Um, but in this environment, you know, they did score nine runs last night. A lot of it came late, but sure, uh, I think you can uh, look to uh, some of the Mariners' bats as well. All right, well, uh, Chicago White Sox against Houston. Dylan Covey against Justin Verlander. Houston minus three eighty. Oh my God, eight and a half run total. I know Verlander is worth it. I'm not going to pay it though. Yeah, maybe in cash games, uh, you, he's 12 on Fandle, 11-3 on DK. And, yeah. I mean, look, they, they just got dominated last night by Brad Peacock, so he should dominate, and it's just a matter of can you afford him. All right, let's give us another one here. We've got Kansas City against St. Louis, Homer Bailey against Michael Waka Waka Waka, 23% chance of rain. Uh, St. Louis, a, a big favorite here, 9.5 run total. Would you do a... Cardinal stack or, or a Royal stack? I don't think I would do Royal stack. I, I think actually Waka could be decent today. He's very cheap. He's coming off one of his better outings of the year. Uh, so I would go more with the Cardinals. And, you know, you do get uh, cheap prices on Goldschmidt and Carpenter who have struggled lately. And uh, maybe Homer Bailey is the medicine they need to wake up. All right, Atlanta against the Giants. Julio Tehran against Sean Anderson. Atlanta, very slight favor, minus 115. I don't like Tehran on the road. The over-under is eight. Is Sean Anderson, how cheap is he on DK? He is cheap. He is 6,900. How about if I go with him as my second guy? I don't want to do it against Atlanta. Austin Riley hit another home run. Yep, and Acuna hit two. And it, I mean, look, the pitching invite, you mentioned Tehran, but it, it's in San Fran against San Fran. So that does help. Uh, right. Probably still won't use him, but uh, let me see. What is Tehran on DK? Tehran is. Yeah, he's a little more expensive than don't I thought. Don't do it. Jeez. Don't do it. Don't do 85. it. 85. Oh, don't do it. That's a lot. Because That's wasted money right there. It's because the pitching environment in San Fran right. and that offense. That's why. All right, Minnesota against the Angels. Michael Pineda against Trevor Cahill. Uh, the Angels are favored here. Nine is the over-under. Cahill against the Twins? I think I like the Twinkies. Oh, of course. I don't like either pitcher in this game. Uh, Minnesota has been really good. Uh, Cahill has been terrible. The one thing in recent years when he's been healthy, he's been pretty good. But uh, Cahill's been giving up home runs. Yeah, this is a, a, a good spot for the Twins again. All right, this one's interesting. Arizona against the Padres here. The over-under is seven. Granke against Strom. Do you like the Diamondbacks against the lefties? Uh, Strom's been good, man. So I don't want to go with the Diamondbacks tonight. Uh, I, I would not stack them. How about Granke? <sighs> He's coming off this injury. Went for MRI, was fine. He's kind of expensive. Um, I'm probably not going to go with him tonight. All right, so favorite pitchers of the night, Marquez Herman. Yeah, I definitely like Marquez, like Herman, like Rodriguez, Caleb Smith. Wheeler, like you said, I think is a good tournament play. And then on the cheaper end, I would look at Turnbull and Waka. 
You do like Waka. Yeah. So you got to think that he's going to get the win, right? You would think. I mean, he's 6,600. His last game, look, he hasn't been great this year. He had five innings, four Ks his last outing. Um, he hasn't, yeah, I mean, it's a, uh, he gets to face the pitcher. He can, yeah, I think he can get a win. So I think I like a Yankee stack tonight against David Hess. That could be disgusting. I think I like an Astro stack always. I like a Ranger stack. I like a Mariner stack. I like a Cardinal stack. And I like a Twin stack. Yeah, those are the top ones for sure. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Now, who I like on those teams, I don't know, but I have to put the pieces of the puzzle together. But that's, that's I think, where I'm leaning. Is there one stack you like more than anything else? I mean, the Yankees against David Hester, that could be disgusting. Definitely can in Camden Yards and Texas, too, uh, against uh, Malone. Little Luke Voigt. The problem with Gary Sanchez is I want to play him, but Gliber and Gary Sanchez, you pay a premium on every single time they're in a lineup. Like on DK, what is Sanchez, 5100 very expensive. He is, uh, let's see, 52. Yeah, that's criminal. Tough, tough to pay that for a catch. I mean, 23 If he doesn't hit a home 50. run, if he doesn't hit a home run, how is he worth that money? Yeah, that, that's the problem. I, I, I have not paid up for catcher this year. I think I've always kind of gone really cheap. So uh, that's what I've tried to do most uh, times when I'm playing. Look, I think that DK and FanDuel both do great jobs, but I think FanDuel absolutely has the win over DK in that catcher slash first base position. Yeah, because you don't have to use the catcher. There's again, there's only a few that you want to use on a given night, and they're right. all they're all elite where you don't want to pay up for it. Right. So I usually on a night I look for, uh, for example, Tony Walters. I'm just picking a name because he'll be cheap, and I'll say, all right, I get a cheap catcher because I want to waste, and he'll still cost me thirty six hundred bucks. So I feel like it's a waste. At least on FanDuel, I can get a dude for like twenty two hundred. I always feel like I can find a guy. Glaber Torres is thirty six hundred on FanDuel. He's hit all of his home runs except two against Baltimore this year. Doesn't doesn't it always seem like the Yankees play Baltimore eighty seven times a season? I feel like the Met the Mets and Nationals too. If this is like the fourth series they've played, I'm like, what are we doing here? Like, spread this out, man. I feel I like know, a lot terrible. of teams that's happened to. Wasn't Milwaukee playing St. Louis a ton? For a while too, it's like I don't understand why they can't space this out better. I don't know. It just and I feel badly for the Orioles. I do because the Orioles have not been that terrible team. But when you play the Yankees eighty-seven times in the first eighty-eight games, you're going to lose a lot of them. Even with the Yankees JV team, it's still way better than what Baltimore has. <laughs> Isn't that credible? Which Aaron Hicks, Lumeheu, Voit, Sanchez, Torres, Frazier, Gardner, Urschel, and Mabin. Four of those guys you didn't even know that we're going to have any Yankee uniforms when, the, when the, it started. If we would have said that some like Cameron Mabin's going to play in the outfit of the Yankees, Yankee oh. fans would be like, oh my goodness, our season is over in May. Right. No way. Right. But Can you imagine the Yankees are 29 and 17? Yeah, it's disgusting, man. It really is. I mean, They're ahead of the Rays. They're beating the Rays, dude, with that with the JV squad. I mean, part of it is the American League is weaker, but still, you still have to go out and win these games. And uh, the fact that they've done this with no Severino, Paxton going down, it's just, it's... Hicks it's a, was hurt, Sanchez, Stanton. Come on. There's a lot. pretty amazing. There's, there's, there's teams that would not be able to overcome that, but they're fortunate that they have the depth and then they have these players like Ursula who puts on a Yankees uniform and 
never did much in his career, and then comes to the Yankees and is uh, getting game-winning hits every night. And by the way, the Red Sox are 25 and 22. Who would have thought after that beginning, uh, that start? I'm not surprised. They were way better than what they played. You know, Sale was terrible early on. Price was on the injured list. He's actually been pretty consistent. We knew Eovaldi had a risk to get hurt. Feel again, I think Rodriguez should be better. They've had Is issues. Michael Chavis not the rookie of the year, dude? Uh right now, yes. Right? Am I missing are we missing anyone? I don't think so. I mean, I mean he's been Vla- fabulous. You gotta be careful. Vlad could go on a tear. He's already started to heat up, so he could be the guy. But yeah, that's an example of, you know, people were like, Oh, wasted money on all these rookies. No. I was fortunate to get Chavis in one league in the GST league, and he's been in my lineup every single week, and uh, definitely want, glad that I got him. In spring training, I know you don't, I, I talk about this a lot. This guy jacked a home run, and two, the ball flew out of there in a second. Him and Alonzo hit the two fastest home runs I've ever seen, leave a park. So, I, I mean, he's legit. I just didn't think he was going to be called up this early. Well, I mean, I think the one thing is we look for past the playing time. It was there. Does anyone really think Dustin Pedroia is going to ever stay healthy? And is Eduardo Nunez going to stop Chavis if he hits? So that was a case of you look, where's the path to playing time? And you could see it was But there. he was a third baseman in Pawtucket. He was never second right, baseman. Right, but, but he played second base, I think, to start the year in the minor leagues. Weren't they right. using him at second base? Yeah, because they yeah. knew. They knew. All right, we're back right after this, guys.